Hello and welcome to Franchise Paradiso. This is a podcast for lovers of film franchises because while we all wish more original content was being made, we cannot control major Hollywood studios any more than we can control the weather. So we will revel in what we are force-fed and dissect our beloved cinematic franchises. My name, as always, is Heath Lynch and I am here with the amazing Foster Harlfinger. Hey, everybody. So enthusiastic and the spectacular Rowan Wood. <laughs> Bonjour. And we're here today with a new horror episode to talk about uh, our favorite horror settings. Not like, oh, a uh, hospital wing or cemetery. Nope. Specific settings that pertain to specific franchises in the horror genre. To reiterate our rules as we go into this, we are considering something a franchise if there are at least three films in the series. Doesn't matter if those three films create a trilogy of original stories uh, or it's just one film that's been remade a couple times and it's just the same story. But at least so long as there's three films, it counts. Um, And we're even counting anything that so long as it already has two films, but a third film is on the way. So long as we know that third film is in production or is even wrapped in production, such as Ty West's uh, Maxine X trilogy. I still don't know if he's given a name to that. Uh, Something like that would count as well. Uh, And we're going to nominate some of our favorite uh, franchises that fit this episode's topic of best setting. And we're going to try to create the definitive franchise parody. So top 10 list for said topic. That's right. Definitive. The one, the only, the best there ever was, is, and ever will be. However, the catch is, as always, we have to agree, which is not always easy. We have to collaborate. We have to work together and find a way to not hate each other and still make it fun. But joining us today, we have a very special guest for her first appearance, and hopefully not her last, on our podcast. And I'm going to pronounce your last name wrong. I apologize ahead of time. Diana Gebbia. Yeah. It's Jebbia, but thank you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Literally everyone promise. says it wrong, so it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, say it, say it, re- correct me again. I'm sorry. Jebbia. Jebbia. Yep. Mm-hmm. I am the dumb and that makes sense. So, um, uh, Diana, why don't you take a few minutes to tell us about yourself? You work uh, at Sif Pop with us. You're a writer there and contributor yes. as well. I know you have other mm-hmm. things that you do. Uh, and um, so film. funny so tell you us a little bit about, about I... yourself and your love of horror and what brings yes. you to this episode. Um, well, I am a content creator. However, I've taken a break from the content creating currently. Um, I was mainly reality TV based and I'm kind of like at a fork in the road and I don't really, you know, like the, the reality TV drama has kind of gotten to me. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what my next ventures i love horror i love wrestling so maybe something mix of those maybe like wrestling horror is that such a thing (laughs) um i write for also i write for the la girl and pop crush um with town square media um i recently got into horror this is like a two-year-old thing like um before a couple years ago i was not able to watch any horror i would get so anxious and then i got put on antidepressants and nothing affects me anymore um so 
uh, they definitely spiked my interest. I think I started with true crime and then I was listening to a podcast. Shout out to my friends at the Boo Crew. Um, and they were interviewing Brittany Snow and Mia Goth from X. And I was like, I kind of want to watch this movie. And from then on, I was in love. Nice. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate having you on here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. With that said, <laughs> it is about that time for us to do some quick plugs. Uh, you can find me basically just on letterboxd.fosth101. Uh, Rowan, tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Letterboxd and Instagram at Rowan a boat. Rowan, that's usually Rowan uh, underscore on Letterboxd and dot on Instagram or bits of Joel on Twitter slash X. Uh, and at the lenient, uh, the lenient critic.com. It's always a mouthful, uh, where I write about <laughs> movies and, and, and whatever, really whatever I want to, it's my website. <laughs> wow. That was complicated. <laughs> Heath, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, much more simply, you can find me on letterboxd at the one Heath bar or search Heath Lynch. Either one should be able to find me. And Diana, where do you want to send people? Um, you can follow my Instagram at Diana Jebbia, G E B B I A. Same username on Twitter slash X um, and how do you call it? Letterboxd. I couldn't think of that. Also, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but I am in the top five in the face of horror competition and you can vote once a day uh, for nice. Facebook. So if you go to faceofhorror.org, I have this whole link slash 2023 slash Diana dash G E B B I A. Please vote for me. I could win $13,000 in a photo shoot with Kane Whoa. Hodder, which would be like. That would be awesome. It. That's awesome. Yeah. Everyone so vote I'm, for I'm Diana. third please. right now. I'm like, stoked Whoa. I'm even third. So. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Thank you. And of course, you can follow the podcast itself. Uh, we do have a Instagram for the podcast at Franchise Paradiso. Or if you want to rant at us, yell at us, make comments. You can get a hold of us via email at franchiseparadiso at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we did have someone reach out. Uh, we wanted to address uh, one of the comments, and that was from listener Shane. Shane asked uh, why we didn't count Suspiria as part of a trilogy when talking best original score on our original horror score episode. And that is a very valid question. The fact of the matter is we kind of, I mean, yes, that is a part of a trilogy. Dario Argenta says it is part of a trilogy, uh, the Three Mothers trilogy. But at the same time, the films really don't relate to each other. It's kind of an anthology. There's no real crossover, no characters interlink. Uh, it's kind of the same way it's a trilogy in the same way that the three flavors Cornetto trilogy by Edgar Wright is a trilogy. So in that sense, yeah, you could slam us. You could say it's a trilogy and we should have counted it. And if we go by that metric, yes, Suspiria score by Goblin uh, should have been easily on our top 10. Uh, but at the time being uh, pseudo trilogies, we're kind of not counting. Although who knows, maybe in the future we'll change our mind on that. And will completely regret not having Suspiria uh, number one on that countdown. But for now, it is what it is. It's uh, set in stone, and we move on regretting our decisions. So thank you, Shane, for reaching out. We really do appreciate it. Um, well, so, of course, today we are here to talk about best setting. 
Uh, but before we get into the nitty gritty of everything, the minutiae of the topic, if you will, uh, let's set some guidelines, uh, sort of like a discussion and, and, and some parameters as to actually what best setting. He, he did mention a little bit at the top of the show, but in case we want to uh, narrow it down even further, what does best setting mean to you guys? Uh, for me, I mean, there's such a wide range. It could be something as small as one room or a house, or it could be something as big as like a whole town or a street or a camp, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's a lot of possibilities here, but really just anything that I think uh, defines the movie. And, you know, so, so many horror movies, especially are just inseparable from their settings, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, create that great vibe. So totally wide range here, I think. Yeah. This one, this one goes well in uh, category-wise with our uh, with our tone and atmosphere episode, mm-hmm. which everyone who's listening, if you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. Yeah, in fact, there was a a movie that I wanted to rank really high on tone and atmosphere, but we decided to hold back on specifically because of the setting that I think uh, might be placing high here. Or at least I hope it will. Uh, but just to reiterate kind of what I said earlier, I. I want to stress this is about the franchise setting, not just a generic horror setting. We're not talking about a morgue, a mortuary, (laughs) an insane asylum, you know, places that would be fun to have a horror setting in or your generic map on Dead by Daylight. We're talking about a specific location that is unique to a franchise of horror films. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're all pretty much on the same page on that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's start uh, nominating options. Uh, as a reminder, we're just going to start throwing out options from our own personal top 10 lists and honorable mentions that we feel should be in the conversation for for top 10 um, setting. Um, I am going to start us off with Derry uh, from It. Oh, wait, no, did I... we did did we say that it didn't count? No, it counts. It counts. Why wouldn't it count? There's three it's. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> I'm trying to remember <laughs> where exactly. So, we've been counting it right. for like six episodes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Thank goodness. I, I was second guessing myself for a second. Anyway, you're, pe- gonna... you're Pennywise on the on the I, poster. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to talk. I, about... I literally drew you as Pennywise on the cover Woo! art. <laughs> Woo! I didn't fuck up. Um, so uh, Derry, the town, um, is I think one of the more unique uh, locations in uh, Stephen King's uh, body of work. Um, I think just the way it's described in the first it book is is really creepy because mm-hmm. it's if I remember correctly, I, I read the book before the first movie comes out uh, came out, but it's described as like a like a, a small town that looks entirely normal but feels just slightly off. And that is that just makes my skin crawl a little bit because that feeling that you can't quite place uh, that you know, like all of the adults are acting just slightly weirdly. Um, and, and it just, it just feels weird to be there. Um, that I think is a fantastic setting. And in, in, uh, the, the newer, uh, movies, um, I love the way that it's shot, uh, because it's shot in a way that, that makes it feel just a little strange and like off kilter while also just on the surface being a very normal town. And I think that that's, you know, like it's, it's an archetype, uh, in terms of a location, but I think it's a really good one. I, I really agree. I love Derry. One thing that I think is cool is because we've had the two different versions, we had the 1990 and the 2017, 2019, we've gotten the different time splits as well. Cause the new ones send us back to the eighties, but the original one from 90 sent us back to the sixties. So I thought, I think that's kind of makes Derry fun as well is that we've seen different versions of Derry through multiple different decades, through multiple different interpretations of the story. So 
that's unique as well to the setting. It's also kind of not even just for it, but like the sort of Stephen King expanded universe, if you like, because it pops up in so many of his books. Just I just quickly Googled 24 of his books and stories uh, have some part of it take place in Dairy Maine. So that's what I had on my of list. Of course too. they do. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> on my list, I put literally anywhere in Maine because of Stephen King. So I'm glad we're, we're all on the same page with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I um there's a there's a bit in uh, uh, the book eleven twenty two sixty three uh, that is my favorite Stephen King book and one of my favorite books in general where the main character goes on like a little side quest to Derry to save um uh, in the past to save this kid and it's heavily implied that Pennywise is and like his influence is involved in the uh, in that event and I think that that's just amazing uh, just that world oh, that he's that. built and how like widespread uh, uh, the whole Derry thing really is that's awesome. Who else has a nomination? Um, I'm going to go with Woodsboro, California um, mm -hmm. from Scream. Yeah. I feel like uh, I love when a town almost becomes a character <laughs> in a franchise. And I feel like Woodsboro was. And then even when they went to New York City for Scream 6, like New York City was a character in the movie itself. And I think when you just have a killer who is just so known amongst a group of people and it becomes town lore. It just meshes so well. And it adds to that element of fear, especially with someone like Ghostface, who it's like, you never know who Ghostface is. And because it's so deeply woven into the town's culture, it could be anyone. So I love Woodsboro. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm going to give my first nominee and I'm going to preface right now up front this is my most unhinged list i've had this entire <laughs> podcast run so far so i'm going to come out of left field with a lot of these and i'm going to start with the nevada desert from tremors okay so hear me out <laughs> um i love the isolation of it there's no one coming to help and we see that amplified even in the first film when they get stuck on rooftops or places where there's just sand everywhere and the tremors live in the sand and there's no way they can go. The tremors are faster than the humans. They're faster than the cars. Even if they could get to the cars, they can't get to them in time. And the tremors are also willing to just sit under the sand and wait. They're willing to wait you out indefinitely and they will always win. And that kind of isolation mixed with the dryness of the desert. Not many horror movies are in that kind of setting where like, actual dehydration and starvation become a factor. And I think that makes for a really unique and interesting setting that is usually elusive to horror. So I wanted to mention the Nevada desert of tremors. Um, as someone who's driven from California to Vegas multiple times, like can confirm the Nevada <laughs> desert, like even outside a horror movie is creepy as fuck. So <laughs> love it. Yeah. All right, I'll throw out one. Uh, my list has uh, a lot of high-profile ones that I bumped down to the honorable mentions because they were just really small ones that I think are maybe even a little underrated when you think about setting. But my, one that I want to shout out is The Room from Saw, I think is a really cool setting just for that yes. entire movie, which is <laughs> like smaller than the town or the desert that we've talked about so far. But I mean, it makes the movie and it's it's like you can't even separate the room from the whole experience. You know, it's just the it's like um, claustrophobic. It's dirty. It's grimy. And it uh, adds to the paranoia between the two guys or or three guys. Wink, wink in the room. Uh, so I love Spoilers that. Spoilers for room. a 20 year old movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I uh, am going to skew recent on this one and bring up um, Shady Side and Sunnyvale from Fear Street. Yes, that was uh, on mine that, as well. Go that county. Talk. Um, I love the Fear Street movies. I think they're like they're really really great, and I love the release strategy for them. And I hope that like we get more you know fun event stories like that. Um, but Fear Street, uh, the two towns. I just love the idea of one town where everything that happens is terrible and horrible and shitty. And then uh, like the town next door where everything that happens is amazing and great. And no one's thought to like investigate it or like mention it, you know, ever uh, for for 400 years. Um, And I just, I don't know. I maybe it's my love of these movies, uh, you know, creeping in here a little bit, but I think that that is part of it. Um, I just love when we get to explore these uh these towns uh in the three times that we get to see um the uh the 90s the 70s and the like the 1660s i think that it's really fun you know charting uh those three stages of development um and so like in reality you know it's like it's not just two towns it's like it's like six towns because we see it like we see them so many times over um yeah i love these movies and i think that these are great locations yeah, it, the traveling through time, like the dairy thing that was mentioned earlier, I, I think makes this setting so fun is you get to see the changes in the town and how that affects the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shady Side, Sunnyville was on my list as well. Just to go back uh, real quick, though, I wanted to mention one more thing about Saw because I had I had it listed as a honorable mention, but I had it as abandoned warehouse, not the room. But mm-hmm. I guess they're kind of like one in the same location and that's kind of what makes Saw fun. And it makes me even reconsider should this have been on my top 10 is because we go back to that room, which is connected to the warehouse. And like, we see how it all ties together in Saw 2. And okay, maybe a little bit more spoiler alert for a mid credit scene of a movie that just came out like a week ago. But uh, if you saw Saw X, like this room in this warehouse is a, the most famous setting of this franchise at this point. It's been used at least in three, maybe even four different films. Uh, and uh, I think that makes it very fun. Yeah, I had the like the escape room from Saw 2 as an honorable mention. It didn't even occur to me that like this whole franchise is connected. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. I I'm just want to a... point out, someone told me that his friend kept pronouncing Saw X as socks. My friend does oh. that too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I it was so, so funny. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to argue that this is a franchise because it's a trilogy, but I put, um, the Firefly Farmhouse from House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. Um, and like super creepy. I love that movie. One of my friends, I was like cross-stitching watching it. My friend's like, Diana, that's like bad. (laughs) You could just like cross-stitch and watch it. I'm like, it's a great movie. Um, (laughs) but it's just so creepy and like so dynamic because then you have the whole scene where like baby does her cabaret but then like everyone's just getting murdered and there's people held captive and i don't know i love it i would not want to end up in that farmhouse yeah no never (laughs) (laughs) no that's definitely a good one and uh rob zombie has made his name doing some of the grimiest grittiest most effed up stuff and in that trilogy it is a trilogy you're totally right uh yeah uh that definitely applies so his signature style is there in spades uh i'm gonna throw out another one again i'm telling you guys i'm unhinged with this list uh the amazon rainforest from creature from the black lagoon (laughs) sure i genuinely love this uh 
this was right around the time, by the way. So this is the 50s. Japan had come out with, I think the first Godzilla already existed at this point. And oh, the universal monster movies were shifting. It was no longer about creatures just being the problem in and of themselves. Usually creatures adapted from novels that had already pre-existed. Um, monster lore was changing such that it was being reflective of the time and atomic energy, uh, the idea of disturbing things that shouldn't be disturbed, meddling with powers that we don't understand. Uh, that's largely where Godzilla came from in Japan, specifically because they were censored and prevented from actually making film about the nuclear war and what happened uh, in Nagasaki and Hiroshima in World War II. Uh, from an American perspective, they made Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is the closest they ever got. This actually, unfortunately, ended up kind of being the death knell of the Universal Monsters series. They only made a few of these in the 50s, and then they stopped making them for decades. Uh, retrospectively, I think a lot of people have reanalyzed these and found the Creature from the Black Lagoon movies to be really good, myself being one of them. And, uh, oh, uh, Creature came out first. Okay. Or right around the same time. So, but yes, Godzilla was coming out at the same time. Um, but anyway, the Amazon rainforest is the setting for this. They go on like a deep explorative jungle cruise to the heart of the Amazon River, to its source. And they find this creature lost in time. And just the, the ambiance of the forest, that nature is the enemy. Not just the creature himself, but just other creatures living in the forest uh you know leopards or just spiders it could be anything and that danger is around any corner you can't see anything there's no technology to aid you nothing can really get you out of this uh that amazon rain that creepiness that again isolation is a big thing for me that isolation uh i think works really well and something about the amazon rainforest i just find the idea of being stuck there while being chased by a monster just sounds horrifying because it's like, Oh yeah, I'm running right from this other monster. And then an anaconda gets me like you lose no matter what. So I think that one's really worth mentioning. Uh, bouncing off the universal classic monster movies. I have one that I'm going to lobby hard for us to put in our top 10. I've okay. been going back actually, since we started recording, I've actually watched a lot of the classic monster movies now. And uh, the castle from Frankenstein, I think really deserves a place on this list. Because nice. it's very consistent across. I've seen three of the originals now, plus the Brana remake. And even Young Frankenstein has a great castle. And it's also uh, like it's more clear to me now than ever that it's essentially the prototype for every mad scientist laboratory. Like if you just yep. think about like all the spirally gizmos and the lightning and the platform that raises up to the roof, you know, like it's it's awesome looking and it doesn't feel dated at all. It looks like genuinely really cool. And uh, I mean, as far as influence goes, I feel like this would be almost top of the list. So I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Like when you say influence, like I already think of like Rocky Horror Picture Show and like so many iconic things that have just sure. been influenced by mm -hmm. Frankenstein. Uh, I'm <laughs> going to mention The Cabin in the Woods uh, from Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Is, this is the horror movie location in terms of. I'm not going to lie. This is my number one. Yeah. <laughs> it is um basically what every like if you hear about a cabin in the woods horror movie this is what that came from uh, yep. uh e evil dead like it doesn't you don't have to get more specific than the fact that it is a cabin in the middle of the woods they the character that isolates the characters um and just provides 
both like a a very rustic uh, aesthetic while also being like much larger than you imagine like there's a basement that, that has like crazy cool creepy shit in it there's like rooms that like you know you might not you know like because we don't really explore the cabin uh for a while in in evil dead and then when all hell breaks loose in both the first and and second movie we run all around and we see all of it uh and and that just it it's it's not like there's not necessarily like a great payoff about like something in the house or in the cabin comes in handy during the climax of any of these movies it's just a it's just a well, very sometimes simple, there's a chainsaw some sometimes <laughs> um but it's, it's just a very simple but at the same time simultaneously very effective uh location yeah. Um, yeah, and I love how there was a nod to the cabin in the most recent Evil Dead Rise, and that mm-hmm. like took place in an apartment building, but you still had the nod to that iconic cabin. Oh, in the cold oh. open, yeah, yeah, that is like the best cold open ever in any movie ever. That's so good. Um, I went on a first date. Um, there was no second date, surprisingly not. Um, but I took a guy <laughs> to see Evil Dead Rise, and like that whole like cold open happened, and he's like hiding behind his popcorn. I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> when you know the second date's not going to happen five minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's a good litmus test, though. Like, can you exactly, hang with yeah. horror? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else has a nominee? I have the farm from X and Pearl. Um, I'm so excited for Maxine. I know it's going to take place in my uh, current home city of Los Angeles. So we're not going to see that farm anymore. But what I love about the two movies, they open with this, the same shot of the barn and in Pearl, everything's so like technicolor. It's like wizard of Oz on crack. And then um, (laughs) when you go to X, it's that grindhouse, like, gross like the murders have already happened and it's such a contrast if you ever can see a split between those two pictures like i have chillsies thinking about it it's incredible yeah i love again maybe i'm just a sucker for like seeing a setting change over time but just seeing Mm -hmm. like how perfect and well-maintained the farm is in pearl Mm -hmm. and then knowing what has happened throughout the decades to how we see it in x and it's just like Oh, there have been so many depravitous acts that have taken place on this farm, on this land. It is horrifying. That basement. Oh, yeah. that was <laughs> disgusting. Um, I'm going to, I don't know how to describe this other than the silent future uh, from a quiet place where yeah. it's just silence. That is the setting. It's one of the few settings that's ever made the audience participate with the movie. Like you're sitting there in the theater, like I better not make noise. I better not chew this popcorn kernel too loud because if I make too much noise, then they're going to hear me in the movie and the character is going to die. You know, like it actually breeds that level of participation when you're watching it at home or in the theater. And just the little things that I I loved. I love that they put sand on the roads and stuff to like soften the sounds of their feet when they're walking or, Oh, we can go and talk by a waterfall because the waterfall is already making enough noise and they've learned not to go and tr- attack the noise here. Cause it's just water. There's not actually people. And like the little bit of world building that goes into stuff like that, I find so fascinating. So I'm going to call it just the silent future, but uh, a quiet place. I really enjoy. 
I have so many cool ones still that I that I, we haven't even gotten to. I'm going to do another small one, just an isolated room that really just stands out in my mind. And that's Hannibal Lecter's prison cell from the first original Silence of the Lambs. To All me, right. that whole setting is just so chilling. Like the the scene where Clarice first walks down, it's so ominous and the lighting and everything. I just love it. It's just like, ooh, I know that it's like, doesn't really take up that much time in the movie, let alone the franchise. But I mean... Like in the same way that Hannibal Lecter doesn't take up much time in the movie, yet still looms large over the the series as a whole. I think that one setting does the same. Yeah. Well, it's not even just that setting and like talking to Hannibal, but it's the it's the juxtaposition of here's Hannibal and he's got like these artistic paintings on his wall and books he's reading. And then the guy next to him is a whack job who literally masturbates and flings his filth on Clarice and it's it's all of that together that setting just makes it so grotesque yeah and the brick walls and it being underground and then also just like the plexiglass or whatever it is that's separating them I mean like it's impossible to have any sort of serial killer movie that's not like aping the scene in some way it's perfect yeah totally um I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my go with uh going with iconic locations and um, tackle the Bates Motel from the Psycho franchise. Yeah, has uh, to be I done. I have not yet seen uh, Psycho 3 and 4, um, but from what I've seen in the first and second one, uh, the Bates Motel is 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 another one of those locations that everyone, even non-horror fans, know. Um, Foster is uh, showing us uh, his, his Bates Motel sign that he has on his wall for all of you <laughs> audio sick. listeners out there, amateurs. Um, uh, as if we present this for exactly <laughs> i literally got nervous for a second i'm like oh my no, god you're fine. I didn't do any <laughs> um yeah so uh bates motel uh i mean what more can you say um it's uh so when i did the universal studios tour i was too mm-hmm. young to have seen psycho or even know what psycho was really uh and so when we passed by the Bates hotel my first thought was that's a really cool building and then a guy <laughs> and then a guy came out with a knife and i was like oh my god what's going on here <laughs> one uh, of my friend's so- late husbands like was the norman Bates oh, really? from universal oh, like that's on cool. the tram that's tour awesome. yeah <laughs> yeah so I've never been there. Is it just the motel or does it have the house overlooking it on the cliff? It's 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 just the motel. It's like oh. it's 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 not a huge uh gigantic like setup. That'd be but cool if they had the house totally. and like in the window is a silhouette of mother. Yeah. Well, yeah. so when I went for horror nights, this, this was last year because I didn't do the tram one this year because it was bugs and that's gross. But anyway, <laughs> um there was a point where like you walk that whole tram like that tram area and we did take a picture with norman bates in front of a house so but i don't remember i haven't done like the tour tour in a minute right like i i I also went over 10 years ago so they easily could have added something that's possible um but uh yeah like like this is up there in you know with photos of horror locations that non-horror fans could recognize and potentially pick out nice nice yeah I'm going to throw out another one, and this is the one I alluded to earlier that we were talking about on tone and atmosphere that I'm going to push harder for this time, and that's Cabrini Green from Candyman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the setting of Cabrini Green is astoundingly visceral. Um, the urban nature of it, seeing the, gra- the, f- the graffiti on the wall that's viewed by, generally, white people as you know a crime, a- as vandalism, 
but in reality, it's it's art. It has purpose. It has meaning. It's it's a symbolization of what a a community has suffered through. Uh, seeing the the blight of the area of all these buildings that are decrepit and being rung down, the gentrification that's taking place. I'm talking from the original Candyman all the way through to the Candyman sequel remake, whatever we want to call that in 2021. Uh, both representations of cabrini green i think are visually stunning and a big big part of what makes Candyman work uh and it's one of the only true urban horror movies or horror franchises that's ever really succeeded and i think that setting and the lore behind cabrini green in the story is a big part of that i'm gonna go basic (laughs) and do camp crystal lake um it was coming eventually yeah yeah (laughs) Um, conveniently located in New Jersey. Uh, you can tour it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, I think it really was like one of its own kind then, you know, like now we ha- always have like the horror movie tropes of like the kids, um, getting it on in summer camp and then someone goes to kill them. But like, that was the mother of it all. No pun intended. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, that's really what started it all. It's so iconic. Like everyone, even somewhat, um, like non-horror fans to go back to like what Rowan was saying, like even they, they saw something with like Camp Crystal Lake, you can put two and two together. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I used to be a summer camp counselor in a previous life years ago and it's impossible to not think of these movies when you're a summer camp counselor and people tell ghost stories to the campers to freak them out. And you're like, yeah, but there's actually these movies where these people die. We should maybe not tell these kids these stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, gotta love Camp Crystal Lake. Who else has yeah. a nominee? Uh, maybe to get the other basic one out of the way, we should talk about Haddonfield from the mm-hmm. Halloween yeah, franchise. Yeah, totally. we can do that too. Which, I mean... <laughs> I don't even know really what else there is to say about it. Everybody also knows it's a New great. Jersey connection, Haddonfield, New Jersey, um, mm-hmm. at which is not far from Voorhees, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a whole bunch of Jersey tie-ins, but yeah, it's like that quaint little town. Um, it was inspired to make Haddonfield, Illinois. Yeah, I mean that's that's just the definition of like suburbia horror, right? It doesn't get more suburbia than that. <laughs> Yeah, like heavyweight families and then this killer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm going to throw out another one, and that's Amity Island slash the mm-hmm. ocean from Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Again, isolation is a big thing for me. Even when they're on the island, it is an island. It is a, a gridlock. There's, I think they even say at one point there's only one bridge. I can't remember for sure, so don't quote me on that. Um, but not many ways on and off the island. And when they're in the ocean... For the final act of that movie, actually, it might even be like the last half of the movie. It's a long time. Uh, There's no one coming. (laughs) So uh, I I love that sense of fear, that sense of dread. Uh, I'm I'm not going to pronounce it right. But what's that word? Uh, Fear of the ocean or fear of things underwater that you can't see the bottom of. There's a whole subreddit. Basilophobia. That's it. Uh, So... uh, if you suffer from that, man, this movie is not for you. <laughs> uh, this whole franchise, really. But uh, yeah, so Amity Island and uh, the ocean for Jaws has to be here. Yeah. I grew up on Staten Island, so can't confirm growing up on an island sucks. And there's only a couple <laughs> ways off. <laughs> nice. Who um, else has one? 
I am going to shout out. I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle uh, the other one of the big three, and that's the Elm Street House from Nightmare on Elm Street. Big three in terms of uh, movie franchises, of course. Yeah, yes. Um, Elm Street House. Uh, I think that this is just seeing it from the outside in a movie, usually with like weird light coming from inside, or like uh, or like um, you know, like a lightning strike behind it. I just think it's it just looks so creepy, especially with the bars on the windows uh, in the first movie, um, and so recognizable uh at least to me that like when it appeared in say freddy versus jason or something or like uh, west craven's new nightmare i would like i would cheer i would whoop yep. I, would, I would pump my fist um because like it, it, it it's not like the house itself has much personality per se it's just the it's how they keep going back to it exactly it's so interesting it's like um you know we're not talking about the myers house specifically we're talking about haddonfield um but Mm -hmm. in nightmare on elm street the town isn't really anything special it's the elm street house where everything seems to be centered around so just yeah he's like the fact that they keep coming back to it i think is so interesting what's the one where they where someone's having visions of it and they make a popsicle stick version of the house is that three or four like um, even that, like they, yeah. they make a like, oh, I'm having visions of this house in my head. And she makes a little model out of popsicle sticks of that house. And I'm like, you can't you, you can't help but uh, just visualize it in your head. And yeah, it just becomes iconic. Just that mm-hmm. house, even though on the surface, it's just a generic two story house. Yeah, totally. Who else has one? I could shout out uh, we're, this is a we're going to have to do a quick little discussion on on which uh, setting to include from this franchise but alien uh, i'm gonna go with the uscss nostromo i would not have remembered those letters in the correct <laughs> order if i were not reading it off my paper uh but i mean to be honest the ship is not necessarily my favorite setting in that series i really like the the like creepy gross nasty alien ship designs more so than the ship that they're on like the one where they go and retrieve the eggs initially to me is a much cooler setting so i don't know how you all would want to include this on the list we could just say the Nostromo ship, you know, just to pick one. Yeah, that's actually why I have Alien as an honorable mention, because I don't know if they have one specific setting that I think of as that's the setting, because sometimes it's a spaceship. Sometimes it's a space colony. Sometimes it's a more developed colony. Sometimes it's an abandoned colony. Sometimes it's a ship that hasn't been infested with aliens. Sometimes it is. And then we see like those weird saliva builds around the, the corridors and stuff. And I've never been able to lock my head up. Like what's the definitive take of the setting of alien, but I totally recognize that it should be mentioned because it is still very distinct. I guess we could say Nostromo or we could just say like alien infected Nostromo, which still gives it that kind of like weird ribbed, saliva buildup that's on the corridors and stuff and in that original ship that you're mentioning sure works for me i never have to hear saliva builds like ever again that's just i'm sorry (laughs) 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 i'm pretty much down to honorable mentions because i feel like a lot of um so i have for an honorable mention the commune of the harga from midsummer um just because that is polar opposite of what you would think for a typical horror movie you know you would originally think of like that scene from danny's house and her family being killed that's like your typical horror movie and even the dark colors but when you get to sweden everything is so bright it's the longest time of the year for them for sunlight and Mm -hmm. all of these like 
brutal murders and like creepy cult stuff. It just happens in broad daylight, which is freaky. <laughs> yes. So I am going to counter that because that okay. one's not technically a franchise. So that would be a special mm -hmm. mention. We'll okay. get to it. But one of mine that is one of my top 10 that's very similar in the same boat is the Scottish Summer Isle May Day Festival from The Wicker mm. Man, which mm. they very much kind of play in the same field that, you know, pagan kind of ritual festival, the May Day pole, like almost identical. It's very clear Ari Aster got a lot of influence from The Wicker Man when making Midsommar. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually my number three on my list is the Scottish Summer Isle. Uh, I don't know who's seen The Wicker Man. We haven't actually been talking about it much on the this podcast, but I there was if there was one thing I knew it was going to come up, uh, it was going to be for best setting. I I think it is absolutely horrifying. Who was it that mentioned earlier? Uh, I think it was you, Rowan, when talking about dairy. Just the idea of a town where you go into it and you immediately feel uneasy and something's wrong. You can't put your finger on it. And this is one of those places you go into this town and you just incredibly feel uncomfortable, even keeping the religious stuff out of it. Like whether you are Christian or pagan, as that's a big divide thematically in the film, especially towards its climax. Even if that's not a factor for you, you're still just like, um, these people are just fucking on the lawn. Is anyone <laughs> like, do we care? No. Oh, okay. I guess cool and like and that's like the most minor thing that's happening in that town so this yeah. uh I, I definitely wanted to diminish that mention that i don't know if anyone else had anything to say about the wicker man i have a question i know there's the original and then the nick cage remake is there a third movie that makes there it a franchise? is a third movie the original director did a sequel called the wicker tree and it came out after the nick cage movie and it also bombed and most people don't know about it or talk about it. <laughs> well, the only one worth talking about is the original. <laughs> we also haven't talked about it because otherwise this would have been making my list for like quite a lot of episodes we've done so far, I think, had I known this nice. was a thing. I just yeah, Googled the, like, There is a movie called The, movie. the Wicker Tree out there. It's a, it's a sequel by the original director and uh, no one's seen it. <laughs> yeah, this looks right. wild. Cool. All right. Um, who, who else has one and any more? So I actually have saved my top two and have, they have yeah. not been mentioned yet. So I'm going to say my, my number two is, and I really love this one. And I, I know, I don't think Rowan or Heath, I don't know if you've seen the original, but I think you both have seen the remake of Dawn of the Dead and that's the shopping mall, which yeah. to me is just like the most ingenious setting for like a zombie yeah. apocalypse movie that could ever be. I'm kicking myself for not having thought of that. It's just so rad. It's so cool. I love it so much. It's just like my dream. I'm sorry. I would love it if there was a zombie apocalypse and I could just hang out in a mall. <laughs> um, I, I, it's just so fun. It's like, yeah, it's a horror movie, but like, it's fun. And then yeah. my number one is, uh, and I, I kind of shuffled around my list a little bit to try and not talk about Halloween so much every single every single week, you know. <laughs> My number one that I've decided upon after rewatching this a couple weeks ago is the Antarctic research base from The Thing. Yes, that was my number two. That's the only one yeah. that I haven't mentioned from my nice. list yet. <laughs> cool. I, I also, because this was another one that we keep like dancing around because I don't know if any of us have seen the original one. I watched the original thing from another world a few weeks ago, and uh, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the Carpenter one, but it's also a great setting. So like, I think we have like a firm from you know foundation to include this high on the list because it's more than just one movie 
Um, but man, I mean, that just like you just feel cold, you know, when you watch the movie yes. and you it, feel it's the, the tension the cinematography in the perfectly captures it. It's like the neon blue lighting that reflects off the walls and everything. You just feel like you're frozen when you're watching. I feel chills. Like, oh, I need a, I need a hoodie. I need it. I need it pronto because you just feel miserable watching that setting. Uh, I absolutely. And again, going back to something I really love for horror, isolation. No one's coming to help you in Antarctica. You're fucked. Like, game over, man. GG's done. So, yeah, uh, Antarctica, the Antarctic research, uh, Antarctic research base from the thing. That was my number two. Mm. Nice. Yeah, it was my um, my number five. So pretty nice high up there. I only have one more I want to mention. This was an honorable mention. Uh, I don't think it has a shot, but I still want to mention it. And that is the... <laughs> I have no other way to phrase it than the inbred West Virginia Hills of wrong turn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's just like kind of the, the trope. It's very similar to the Hills have eyes, although that was in Nevada desert. I, I went with trimmers over uh, the Hills have eyes for that one. But uh, the, the, the trope of like hillbillies, inbred rednecks, whatever you want to call them, chasing people down, but it's in this backwoods community in the hills. So it kind of has this cabin in the woods vibe to it. But there's not a cabin. They're just stuck in the woods. Um, I, I kind of like that. But at the same time, there's nothing really distinct about it because it is just the woods. But still, uh, I really, I don't know. I have a soft spot for the setting of uh, the wrong turn movies. So uh, West Virginia, Redneck Hills is what I'm going to call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're um, right. There was no other way you could have said it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you didn't even have to explain further after you said it. Like, you could have just said that and people would have been like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wrong turn. That, that, that's it. <laughs> um, so those are, uh, we've talked about all the ones from my list, like my my top 10. But I, re- I have a few honorable mentions that I'll just run through. Uh, the Forest from the Blair Witch Project, uh, the original. I just think it's viscerally terrifying, especially through the lens of a camera that has a very limited uh, viewpoint um the uh uh just the middle of just nowhere texas for the texas chainsaw massacre uh especially the original one yeah i think it's just like it's just plain gorgeous especially in the last um scene like it like in 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 the first movie it's just shot so well and then when people start dying it gets terrifying because there is nothing as far as the eye can see uh, and then the Warren Museum uh, from The Conjuring, which we don't really fully explore until uh, Annabelle comes home, but we see it a lot uh, for, um, uh, we see it a lot in, in most of the movies leading up to that. And I just think it's such a great location with with just so much uh, space for detail. Wait, wait, which setting in The Conjuring? Say that again? Uh, uh, the Warren Museum with all oh, of the Oh, the Warren Museum. Art okay. Artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are all the ones, all the, my top 10 honorable mentions. I'm All glad right. you mentioned the uh, the occult museum from the mm. Warren House because that would that was like my number eleven basically. I almost yeah. had it in my top yeah. ten. Um, and then I have two more honorable mentions. Uh, one is the Exorcist House slash just the street right outside the Exorcist House. <laughs> uh, if for nothing else, then the poster that I'm obsessed with, which is like the greatest poster of all time, and just that shot of uh, Father Marin coming in is just so great. And uh, the other that one sheet does mention- so much work. <laughs> Say that again. That one sheet, that poster just does so much work, that visual. Sure. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> I mean, it does. It's, it's, it's no, no, no. I agree. With, I agree with you. Um, you're just you're just stepping on my toes, right? As I'm running through my honorable mentions, but I forget. <laughs> I'm sorry. You. I'm uh, trying to agree. Last... I was trying to support you. <laughs> my last honorable mention is the uh, yet another house uh, from the original Night of the Living Dead. I think it's a great house and is kind of the prototype for uh, any uh, horror movie in which people are locked away in a house, you know, defending against some uh, evil on the outside. And uh, they do a lot with the house too, you know, boarding up the walls and, you know, breaking apart pieces of the walls and arms reaching through. So there's a lot of iconic imagery there. I think it's a, actually a really great one. Nice. All right. Diana, did you have any other honorable mentions from franchises? No, just the special mentions. All right. I think that's time to transition then. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think it is about that time for us to do some special shout outs, <laughs> which I definitely remembered. So uh, some of my special shout outs, I'll just shout out, um, uh, you know, I'll shout out a couple and then I'll let you all go. And if, if there's any leftover, I can finish this off. Uh, one that I watched recently was The Fog for the first time. I just love that nice. like, chilly, chilly, misty coastal town setting. It's perfect. Um, I had The Wicker Man as a special shout out, but apparently that counts as a franchise now. So uh, that one was done. And then uh, maybe one other I'll mention. And then if there's others, I can come back around is Black Christmas. I think the sorority house is a really cool setting. Um yeah, that's a that's a scary movie. So those are a few mm. I had. Mm. Um, Diana, how about you? Go next. Okay, S- hey, snatch I up have some. this. <laughs> is it's a franchise, but it's not a movie franchise, so I wasn't sure if it would count. But I had Hawkins, Indiana, from Stranger Things, nice. because yeah. yeah, like how could you not include it? Because everything from like the upside down to the mall, like going back to we were talking about a shopping mall before to um will's house where we have the the christmas like like it's iconic there's you can't look if you're a fan of that show you can't look at like any frame without recognizing like that's distinctly stranger things and hawkins Mm -hmm. indiana Mm -hmm. totally absolutely Uh, i'll run keep going or we taking turns sorry oh no keep going if you got more rattle yeah oh yeah i have like (laughs) i i did a bunch um so i have the hereditary attic uh i feel like that's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory um and then devil's kettle from jennifer's body i love that movie um and also like the fact that a lot of it takes place inside a high school like come on that's horror enough mm-hmm. and then um we already discussed midsummer i'll rattle off mine real quick i also had the midsummer uh festival uh the overlook hotel from the Shining. thank you thank uh, you <laughs> i i can't believe you guys didn't mention that one that's like the number one to me that would be yeah maybe the number one setting overall if there's just Same one here. more damn movie we could count it as a franchise um and then i'm also gonna add the escape rooms from escape room they're like the best horror movies and there's only two of them so they don't count as a franchise but they're, they're kind of fun i don't know I, I enjoy them they're stupid but they're fun i don't know why i split up mine because we normally just run through them all i don't know what i was smoking a few minutes ago uh i have a <laughs> i have a, a few more that i want to shout out um 28 Days Later is just like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like a top 10 movie for me. So I just love the empty, desolate London. It's just so great. Um, And then I have uh, The Changeling, which is an 80s movie with George C. Scott. That house (coughs) is just great. Um, (laughs) The the, uh, bouncing ball scene is just so great. It's just going to live in my brain forever. And then I have three that I'm really proud of that I think are really great settings. One of them is the the house mansion whatever from crimson peak 
is just absolutely oh. gorgeous. I love that so much. The other one I'm really proud of is the Winchester from Shaun of the Dead, which is kind of horror. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. And then my last one that I think is genuinely scary is The House from the Strangers. Uh, that is just like a pure nightmare fuel movie for me because that is like my worst fear. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> intruders coming into my home. And so, uh, oh man, like just the, it, maybe it's not the house necessarily. That's all that distinctive. It's just the feeling that I get from that movie. So are you excited for the new, uh, for the new trilogy that's coming out? I, I, I know absolutely nothing about it, so yeah, I couldn't me, say. Me too. <laughs> um anyway i'll uh, rattle off some of mine uh the dance academy from suspiria i do not remember what it is called um the cabin in the woods not from evil dead but from cabin in the woods uh which is <laughs> its own kind of chaotic mm. yes um the orphanage from the devil's backbone some guillermo del toro in there for you uh the monastery from the nun uh fuck you all it's a great movie and uh, actually that's, that that's all I, that's so, a franchise. So I have to end on a negative note i'm sorry I love you guys. I didn't mean to be mean. <laughs> I love the nuns so much. <laughs> um, follow up question: Which Suspiria are we talking, or both? Um, I would say the original because I haven't seen uh, the remake. But okay, the remake could also count, I suppose. Yeah, they're both equally creepy in different ways. Mm-hmm. Think like kind of like X Pearl type dealio. Cool. Yeah, which is funny because Mia Goth is in the remake. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay, so now that we have all our nominees, we have found all the pieces to the puzzle. It's time to put the picture together. It is time to rank the best horror setting. Uh, as a reminder, uh, we're going to take all these nominees that we've lit- rattled off, uh, put them in contention for our top 10. Um, we have Derry, Maine from It, Woodsboro, California from Scream. The Nevada Desert from Tremors, uh, The Room slash Abandoned Warehouse of Saw. We have Shadyside and Sunnyville from Hor- Fear Street, uh, The Firefly Farmhouse from House of a Thousand Corpses, The Rain- uh, Amazon Rainforest from Creature from the Black Lagoon, Dr. Frankenstein's Castle from Frankenstein, Cabin in the Woods from Evil Dead, The Farm from X, The uh, Silent Future from uh, Quiet Place, Hannibal's Prison Cell from Hannibal, specifically Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Bates Motel from Psycho, Cabrini Green from Candyman, Camp Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th, Haddonfield, Illinois from Halloween, Amity Island in the Ocean from Jaws, the Elm Street House from A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Alien Infected Corridors, and the Nostromo in Alien, uh, Summer Isle, Mayday Festival from The Wicker Man, Shopping Mall from Dawn of the Dead, uh, Antarctic Research Base from The Thing, West Virginia, Redneck Hills from Wrong Turn, The Force from Blair Witch Project, Texas Cabin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Lorraine, Ed and Lorraine Warren Museum from The Conjuring, The Exorcist House from The Exorcist, and The Last Survival House from Night of the Living Dead. Nice. We are going to come together, debate, argue, concur, until we can come to a conclusion on the collective decision for the franchise parodies of definitive best or setting so let's get it started what of these do we think definitively these should this should move on to our top 10 like this is in easy what what do we got rowan go uh i would say my first nomination would be dairy man i'm biased right. but we have a nominee for dairy anyone else that's like hard hard gonna fight for one of theirs that this should be in there woodsboro woodsboro all right foster the, the thing the thing yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. uh antarctic research base uh i'm gonna say cabrini green i was be just about to say that yeah right. um uh the cabin in the woods from evil dead yes absolutely 
What else we got? Uh, I, I really want to push motel. Yeah. Oh, Pink's motel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to push for uh, the Summer Isle Mayday Fest from Wicker Man. Cool. Yep. Um, um, I... Firefly Farmhouse. All right. Firefly Farmhouse. What else um, we got? Haddonfield. Okay. And I want to go Crystal Lake as well. And Crystal Lake. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys know I had some of my, like, my Amazon Rainforest is like number five on my list. I have a feeling no one else cares about that the way I do. Am I correct in that one? <laughs> I don't, it's, it's not that I don't care. But you know what I mean? Like, no one yeah. else is like, that's yeah. a top 10 to them, right? Right. Well, I, uh, I don't care. So I'll just say <laughs> what Rowan was too afraid to say. <laughs> Foster giving the hard truth of it all. Uh, I said my list was unhinged, so that's totally fine. What about Amity Island in the ocean? Yes. I had that in my top 10. Okay. Uh, can I go? I'm going to go Nostromo as well. Yeah. Alien? Okay. Yes. Um, is saying the Elm Street house heretical? I did not Elm Street have House is a list. top twenty to me, not a top ten. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Then I won't. Then I won't push for it. Um, I just don't know how strongly everyone else feels about this, but it was my number two. The shopping mall from Dawn of the Dead. I just think is like the most fun set yeah, in that, the world. But I, I'm fine with moving that on for now. I feel like oh, Doctor Frankenstein's castle should be on there because it's just oh, amen. Iconic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get too ahead of myself there, but I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> Would anyone else be in line with the silent future from Kawhi Place? Is that mm. not for top 10, but I do yeah. love that a lot. I appreciate it. I'll agree. Yeah. <laughs> the only other one here that I had really high, I don't know if people care about this one as much as I do, but from Saw, just the room slash the warehouse. That was an honorable mention to me. Did anyone else have Saul really high? It was also an honorable mention for me. Okay, we don't but need like to put it on a him. high honorable mention. How, how high were you on Sunnyside Shadyville, Rowan? Because I had that in my that was like seven for me. It was number. Let me double check. Um, it was my number six. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to make that one happen. Just the two of us. Um. We are already at 14. Ah! So, Dairy, Maine, Woodsboro, California, the Firefly Farmhouse, Dr. Frankenstein's Castle, Cabin in the Woods, Bates Motel, Cabrini Green, Camp Crystal Lake, Haddonfield, Amity Island Ocean, Alien Infected Nostromo, Summer Isle May Day Festival, Shopping Mall, and Antarctic Research Base already puts us at 14. So, that's still not even our top 10. We still have to cut four from that list. So yikes. Um I know. Of those, which ones are we like? Unfortunately, this doesn't cut it. I am gonna be brave and offend our guest and say <laughs> that I haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses. So I have no like I am not I have no investment in the Firefly farmhouse being on this list, but and like I don't know about Heath and Foster about you guys, but like I, I don't know if you've seen it. But even if you've seen it, like, is it like, would it crack the top 10 for you? I've seen it so forever ago that I don't remember enough about it. <laughs> like, I don't even log it on Letterboxd as a watched because uh -huh. I can't other than it was really intense visually and yeah. like the feeling it gave me. But I couldn't I couldn't tell you a damn thing about the plot. <laughs> so 
uh, and I just haven't rewatched it in forever. Um, so I'm almost also abstaining from this, but I'm going to trust Diana's judgment. If like Diana thinks it's a top 10, I'm, I'm not going to discount that. So I just think it's like a super fucked up cult classic. Yeah. So like it definitely is. Yeah. So I Foster, feel like that, that makes it a... top 10 worthy, but like, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I'm sorry to say I also have not seen House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay, you guys had a log off now. Bye. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm kicking you off your own podcast. (laughs) We're losing credibility as we speak. I mean, to be honest, I'm not doing anything this evening. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe you're going to get a Slack message from me in a a couple hours. All right. um... Oh, Um, this sucks. I might offend Heath and say that as much as I adore the Wicker Man, I would probably remove that from this list just because it's really just on the strength of one movie alone. Man, this is my number three. I and I do think that's easily one of the most unique settings here. Like I'm, I'm actually going to say something that might be borderline blasphemous, but I think the first cut is either Haddonfield or Woodsboro because in terms of how they're used, they are almost identical. It is suburban horror slasher. Like those settings, while they are characters, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. And I'm saying this as someone who loves both of those franchises. Those are almost redundant in their purposes on this list and what they accomplish in the films versus like the Summer Isle Mayday Festival and the Wicker Man is entirely unique. The only thing that's even close to it is the Midsommar Festival. And that's unfortunately not eligible. Um, so I would be, I don't think it should be cut, but if I'm outvoted, then I'm outvoted and I will be bitter like you're bitter about Hannibal from the best killer franchise. <laughs> Diana, killer just so, Diana, just so you know, uh-huh. these two fools that we're on the <laughs> podcast with chose not to put Hannibal Lecter on our top 10 killers list. And I was outvoted. And whoa, I was, whoa, whoa. And- you can't just throw out that base statement without the context of everything else that was discussed in that episode. You, like we don't need context. I'm kidding. Your that mouth. Into that decision. <laughs> oh my god! I, uh, I haven't seen the Wicker Man, so I feel like I don't have a leg to stand on with that. I, the only way I would relate it for you, Diana, is if you liked Midsommar in that setting. Almost all of what it gets is from this movie. Like, yeah is almost 100% like, oh, Ari Aster watched The Wicker Man and was like, I'm going to do this, but instead of on an island off Scotland, I'm going to do it in Sweden and I'm going to do it more bright and colorful. But it's like Mm. the same thing in many, many ways. So, Mm. yeah. I would agree that it is the same. I love both of those movies, though. Hmm. So I'm going to go back to Woodsboro versus Haddonfield. If given a choice... I'm not saying that we should cut that we should cut either. If given a choice, I would say cut Woodsboro because Haddonfield has more personality. I feel like based on the amount of times that we've seen it in all of these movies and how it gets fleshed out from movie to movie, Woodsboro it's really only in the first and fourth, and I I, I suppose fifth too scream and we stray from it a decent amount halloween we do stray from it it's not in six halloween we stray from it a little bit but it's 
like we like we always come back to it and it's the like it, it is the setting of the franchise yeah i would argue that like even though you're not physically there it's haunting them like in a way like it's always like the woodsboro murders and then True. gail wrote a book on it and then the stab mm-hmm. movies came out because of it yeah i get that do you I have any you would kick off diana of this 14 um Hold on, let me pop open the other window because I don't want to like ignore your faces. <laughs> um, I'm trying to like because I haven't seen some of the ones that you pick, so like I haven't seen the thing. I know I'll like turn in my knives. Um, so <laughs> I don't really know about the uh, Antarctic research base, but again, I feel like I don't have like to stand on there. Yeah, we're we're just gonna have to start killing some darlings since we're at 14 so how's this everyone look at something that they nominated Mm -hmm. and what is something that you nominated that you're most willing to let go um of the ones that i nominated that i would be willing to let go it's probably oh boy i like all of these um i know probably the cabin in the woods from evil dead if I were to let go of one of them, that, that was my I number one put forth. Yeah, it's, oh, wow. it's, it's 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 super high on my, my list. Too, my lowest of of my top ten that's up for that's up for consideration of staying. Mm-hmm. My lowest is Amity Island, Ocean, and Haddonfield. Those are my lowest. Now that's of the ones I nominated. So I'm just trying to like. There's other ones here that I didn't even have on my top ten that aren't even close. So right. Um, to my top 10 but those so like i would be willing to let go of Haddonfield uh, if other people are willing to let go of some of the other ones that they love i I'm would also, let go of Haddonfield. i nominated that too i also i had Haddonfield on my list but i'm also willing to let it go if for no other reason than the fact that i feel like i've pushed halloween so hard on every single other episode we've done <laughs> so i'm also willing to let that one go for this time around yeah i i think it's a great setting um if we're if we're gonna do a suburbia we don't need Woodsboro and Haddonfield. So uh, we'll we'll cut Haddonfield this time. And I know a lot of Halloween purists are already pissed at us. So we're already making people angry and we still have to cut three more. Who, who else are we cutting? Oh, I don't know stuff, if Frankenstein's castle makes it for me. I'm, I'm willing to let it go, but listen to the tone of my voice with which I just said that. So <laughs> yeah. uh, make your decision if you need to, but I will not be happy, but I'm willing to let it go. It's not well, like top one or two for me, but I do think it's. If I was willing to cut and I'm not willing, I'm as willing as you are, but what if we collaboratively together, Foster, you and I came together and we cut Frankenstein's castle and the Scottish summer Isle made a festival. I'll I'll get rid of the Wicker Man <laughs> if you get rid of Frankenstein's Castle. Which, to be clear, that is my number three, the Wicker Man. So this is a big sacrifice on my my part. I will I will do it. I just have to make one last statement, which is I think that if everybody on this podcast had seen all three of at least like the original Frankenstein bride and son of Frankenstein. I don't think we would be making this cut. I think it's that strong, but I will do it. Um, I mean, I could say the same for the wicker man though. I've seen the wicker man and I'm willing to cut that more than Frankenstein. (laughs) So checkmate. I'm saying we'll do it. I'm saying we'll do it. I'm just saying I'm also really angry. (laughs) 
I, you wouldn't I'm, like him I'm angry, angry too. I don't want the Wicker Man to go. Okay, play nice, play nice. I will also say though, there are like 500 more on this list that I would I would kick out before Wicker Man or Frankenstein. Like I don't be mad at me. I would kick out Cabrini Green more than I would kick out Frankenstein or Wicker Man. Whoa, Cabrini Green's my number two. I don't know if I'm willing to part with that one just yet. Mm. Yeah, that was my number four. Oh, this I'm, sucks. If this people the- really hate the, or not hate, if people really don't, aren't in, as into the shopping mall from Dawn of the Dead, even though I have that higher, I think I'd probably rather keep Frankenstein than Dawn of the Dead, just because to me, Frankenstein, like the influence is overpowering almost. I could okay agree with, with that. I'm okay I, with I, that. You can I'm, kick I'm, out I'm Dawn of the Dead. Logic. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I feel like maybe other people weren't as into that one as me. So, okay, done. Cool. Uh, I've made my sacrifices. Sucks, I love the shopping mall. Oh. <laughs> we still need to cut two more. Yeah. My pick is because we're still tentatively uh, keeping Frankenstein's castle and the yeah. Wicker Man. Um, I don't know. I think I think one of them might have to go at some point. Um, I would. Oh man. No, nope, never mind. I'm I'm not going to say that. Um. I would still cut the Firefly Farmhouse just because I know there's only one of us here that has, like, a connection to it in that way. I mean, that's fine. I'll be a little bit sad, but, like, in my heart, I know it's the best. And, like, you guys just are uncultured. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's all everyone's homework. After this episode, we all have to watch A House of a Thousand Corpses. And, Diana, you have to watch The Thing. And then we'll all be like, we can come back to each other later kumbaya and be like yeah we're all fucking idiots yeah <laughs> none of us knew what we were talking about yeah that's fair all right uh so we'll cut firefly farmhouse we're down to 11 we have dairy maine woodsboro california frankenstein's castle cabin in the woods bates motel cabrini green camp crystal lake amity island ocean alien infected nostromo the mayday festival and antarctic research base I I really don't want to cut the Wicker Man. It is my number three, but I feel like I'm being way ganged I, up on, and that I all of you want it gone. I have a controversial opinion. What I feel like I would I think we should cut Camp Crystal Lake. As much as I absolutely hate it, hate cut hate hate the fact like the idea of cutting it. I do think it's just a summer camp, and it 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 doesn't the location itself doesn't play into it as much as i think we're gaslit and led to believe as a like as a society Uh, (laughs) i feel like this is a society exactly (laughs) if you say camp crystal lake people think of friday the 13th instantly but when people say friday the 13th you think of jason Voorhees, not camp crystal lake uh i actually so i'm gonna agree with you this is not a pitch to save wicker man separately i'm i'm genuinely saying i agree with you uh, Camp Crystal Lake was not in my top 10. Uh, it was an honorable mention for me. Uh, it's barely in half the movies. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. it's just random people that are camping around a lake, but it's not the camp itself. Sometimes he goes to Manhattan and punches people's heads off of rooftops. <laughs> sometimes it's just, you know, like someone that lives down the road in a wooded cabin. Like, I think there, it's only like the first couple that it's actually the kids camp and only, only one the of them, one. by the way, yeah. I think it's either three or four is, where there's like kids there it's and it's six. actually the camp is in session six. Yeah. So I would be down for that. 
I don't know if anyone else agrees, though. I'm not attached to it. Foster. Yeah, it's not the bottom of my list here, but I'm okay to, to kick it out. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's on my I list. I love you all. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like the Summer Island May Day Festival may have to be near the bottom of this list. Of, uh, of the I will concede that. I am <laughs> I am happy it's here to dance and play the damn game yeah. at this point. Um, so, yeah, we are we are down to our, our top ten. Definitively, it's going to be Derry, Maine from It, Woodsboro, California from Scream, Dr. Frankenstein's Castle from Frankenstein, Ca The Cabin in the Woods from The Evil Dead, uh, the Bates Motel from Psycho, Cabrini Green from Candyman, Amity Island in the Ocean from Jaws, An Alien Infected Nostromo, Spaceship from Alien, the Scottish Summer Isle May Day Festival from The Wicker Man, and the Antarctic Research Base in The Thing. I am willing to just put The Wicker Man at 10 right away, just cool. because I'm <laughs> thankful that you guys let me have my toy. Um, this was my number three, so it was really important to me. So, so thank you for not mm -hmm. making me get rid of this. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thanks, Foster. <laughs> Do we put uh, Cabin in the Woods next? That was my number one. I don't. Oh, want... interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's too iconic to be that low. Yeah. I feel like everything else in this list, almost everything else in this list, is equally, if not more so. Well, not if more so, um, <laughs> because that Cabin in the Woods is literally the Cabin in the Woods. Um, but I do think a lot of it is on a similar level. Um, how about Woodsboro next? Woodsboro would be my next one. I was going to put it a little bit higher, better. but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I would put it above Cabrini Green or the Antarctic place. <laughs> Foster, what, what, what would you put next? Um... There are a few that are that are towards the bottom of this top ten for me. One of them would be Woodsboro. One of them would be would be Cabrini Green. Um, so it would probably be and and Evil Dead. To be honest with you, would also be towards the bottom of the list for me. Um, just because as iconic as it is, the the cabin, I'm I'm putting down a movie I absolutely adore just for the sake of argument here. But to me, the cabin itself is not the most distinctive part of that movie. Mm -hmm, um, sure, I get that. So let's just say of those three, your voice. Let's just say of those three: Woodsboro, Cabrini Green, Cabin in the Woods. What's everyone's lowest of those? For me, it's Woodsboro. Woodsboro is mine too. It wasn't even on my list. It was an honor, it was an honorable mention. Not Woodsboro. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> either one? either is equally for me. I'm like either way. <laughs> Foster. They're all kind of the same to me. All three of those were honorable mentions for me. All right. God, this is literally the most contentious list we've ever made. All our lists must be wildly divergent. Um, all right. would, it, would it be terrible to compromise and put them all sequentially? Yeah, I, I think we're going to have to put all three of them next. It's just a yeah. matter of what order. Totally. Um, I, I feel like we would act, absolutely kill Diana if we put Woodsboro next after we didn't give her the Firefly Farmhouse. So we can't do yeah. that to our guest. Uh, Thank you. So <laughs> I'm willing to put Cabrini Green at nine. Mm -hmm. 
that hurts. That was my four, but yeah. it sounds like Foster and Diana aren't nearly as high on it as you and I are, Rowan. Would mm -hmm. you be willing to do that? And then we sounds can put good. Diana, would you be okay with Woodsboro at eight? Yeah, eight's my favorite number. There you go. <laughs> See, it was meant to be. <laughs> Kismet. And then uh, would we say is Cabin in the Woods at seven then? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Okay. And then it, I... I'm happy with as high as it is already. We can put Frankenstein next at number six. Right. Uh, now it's all coming together. <laughs> okay. okay. We've got the Bates Motel, Amity Island in the Ocean, Alien Infected Nostromo, Dairy, Maine, and the Antarctic Research Base. Uh, ooh, uh, How do we feel about the Nostromo next? Yeah, maybe... For me, it's either Nostromo or Dairy is next. Same two for me. How about we put? How about we do Nostromo and then Dairy above it? Diana, how do you feel? Nostromo versus Dairy. I yeah no I agree. Um, Nostromo first and then um, Dairy above it. Okay. Nostromo at right. five, Dairy at four, Bates Motel, Amity Island, and Antarctica. Uh, just I like how you just called it Antarctica, <laughs> not the base, just the just the I, continent. I'm, I'm just trying to save time. I, it's 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 a mouthful to say the whole thing every time. <laughs> um, my next one would probably be the either the research base or Amity Island. I think the research base should go before, and then Amity Island above that. Cool. I'm down. Man, I was hoping. Research base was going to make number one at this point. Uh, I'm no offense. Short. I'm like shocked, but again, I didn't see the movie. And I'm like, damn, Antarctica got this far. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, just w wait till you see it. It's like, oh boy, it's, it's like one of the best. My horror. words. Well, our friend Shane calls it the best horror movie of all time. Like, it, yeah, I, I can't even disagree. It's so great. Okay, um, my list is getting torn to shreds. I really want to fight for the thing. Um, I is would put any... Amity Island at number three. I was going to say, is there any way we can in here? do either of the others before the thing? I like Bates Motel about as much as I like the Antarctic Research Base. So those are like, I would be happy with either of those at number one. I don't think I would love Jaws at number one, though. I, I would agree that I think Bates Motel and the thing are much more iconic than the Jaws location. I agree with that. Sounds good. At least. Yeah. So we'll do Jaws at three. And then it sounds like that puts Antarctica, the Antarctic Research Base at two. Yes. And, and Bates Motel at one. Is that kind of what I'm gathering here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. It's a reluctant two for me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So there it is. We did it. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> let's count it down now. From number 10 to number one, the definitive Franchise Paradiso best horror setting top 10 list. Number 10, the Scottish Summer Isle Mayday Festival from The Wicker Man. At number nine, the Cabrini Green Community in Candyman. Number eight, Woodsboro, California from Scream. Number seven, the titular, actually it's not titular, but The Cabin in the Woods from The Evil Dead. Number six, Dr. Frankenstein's Castle from Frankenstein. Number five, the Alien Infected Nostromo from Alien. 
Number four, Dairy Maine from It. Number three, Amity Island and the Ocean from Jaws. Number two, the Antarctic Research Base from The Thing. And number one in our hearts for forever and always, the Bates Motel from Psycho. Amazing. Holy crap. Let's go. <laughs> Oof. Tears were shed. Like a lot of hearts were broken in this one. Yeah. <laughs> this was bloody. I didn't think it was going to be that like complex. Normally, there's a lot more agreement. That's literally as, as this rough is the as it's most been. intense one I think we've done. This was yeah. wow, yeah. Well, Diana, thank you so much for joining us this week. We had an absolute blast, or I'm speaking for myself. I had an absolute blast. I'm assuming the others did as well. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of it. Oh, thank you. I had fun too. Um, good, and now good. we're gonna all watch House of a Thousand Corpses. So you're welcome. <laughs> and thank you to all of our listeners for tolerating our insufferable fandom uh we love each and every one of you and i couldn't be more grateful that you took the time out of your day to listen to our incoherent ramblings if you want to positively rate and review our podcast on spotify or apple podcasts and or share it with friends we'd be ever so appreciative uh but for now it's time to say goodbye until next time bye bye bye